Hi everyone, I'm Gary Lewis and welcome to the Geo Podcast. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk about the Earth's magnetic polar reversals, which is a fundamental piece of evidence that we use to understand seafloor spreading as part of our planet's plate tectonic cycle. Now that sounds all very complicated, but we need to go right back to the first stage of understanding this, which is to talk about what happens when a pool of molten rock starts to cool. If it's molten rock that has got a lot of iron in it, some of the first minerals that crystallize out are iron minerals that form like little tiny needles. And because these little tiny iron mineral needles, like the minerals magnetite and hematite, because they form early, those little needles are still floating in the other molten material. And just like the needle on a compass, those little needles will swirl and swivel to line up with the Earth's magnetic field. Then, when the rest of the minerals crystallize out as the molten rock cools, those little needles get locked into position and continue to point in the direction of the Earth's magnetic field when the rock was formed. What's fascinating about those needles is not only do they point towards the North Pole, for example, but they also have a slight tilt along with the Earth's magnetic flux lines so we can actually work out how far away from the North Pole they were. So let me take a minute to explain the Earth's magnetic flux lines. The Earth has a magnetic field that is generated because the outer core is moving around the inner core, or maybe the inner core is moving inside the liquid outer core, and it causes the Earth's electromagnetic field. It is the magnetic field that our compass needles line up to. The compass needle is always trying to point towards north. But if you imagine standing right at the North Pole, the needle isn't pointing in any direction other than straight down into the ground because that's where the North Pole is. As you move away from the North Pole, the needle no longer is pointing straight into the ground, but slightly at an angle. As you move further and further away, the angle becomes flatter and flatter and flatter. Then when you are right at the equator, the needle is dead level. Or if you like, it is exactly 90 degrees from pointing straight down into the ground. Early explorers recognized this and understood that their needle and their compass pointed towards north and the dip of the needle or the angle that the needle was pointing into the ground told them how far away from north they were. If they were at the equator, the angle would be zero, so zero degrees. But as they move closer to the pole, the angle gets greater and greater and greater. And when they get to the North Pole, it is at 90 degrees pointing straight into the ground. And to this very day, we talk about the degrees as latitude. So the North Pole is at latitude 90 north and the equator is at zero. Pretty simple stuff, really. So let's get back to our rocks. So with a piece of sophisticated equipment, we can take a piece of that igneous rock and we can measure the alignment of the needles and tell you where the North Pole was and how far away that sample was from the North Pole when the rock formed. This was first recognized in the early 20th century when people started being able to measure this magnetic property of rocks and they noticed 
that the rocks showed a different magnetic field pattern, i.e. north wasn't the same direction that north was now, and also that the rock's needles were dipping at a different angle to what their compass was now. So something had happened. So come the 1950s, when rocks were able to be dated using radiometric dating, somebody decided to take rocks of different ages from the continents and plot where each of those rocks were in relation to the North Pole over time. And when they did so, it appeared that the pole had been moving. So you could plot where the North Pole was 50 million years ago, 30 million years ago, 20 million years ago, and it looks like the pole was moving. And these plots were referred to as apparent polar wander curves because the pole appeared to wander. And some of the wanders were a fairly long distance. Then they decided to have a look at the polar wandering curves for different continents to see whether they all lined up because that would make sense if the pole was wandering. But they don't line up. Each continent appeared to have a completely different polar wandering curve. The only time that the polar wandering curves appear to be in exactly the same place are for rocks that form right now. And that is when people started to realise that maybe the pole wasn't wandering, but the continents might be wandering. And that is how this piece of evidence became really important in the early days of the formulation of the theory of plate tectonics. Here was the smoking gun evidence they had been looking for. And it's evidence that is still used today to be able to track how each continent has moved over time. But this story doesn't stop there. It becomes more interesting. You see, they also realised that some periods of time in Earth's history, the North Pole has not been at the North, but it's been at the South. That there's been some phenomenal process where the North and the South Poles have reversed. To this day, geophysicists don't really understand the process but they do understand that the Earth's magnetic field waxes and wanes in its strength and that when it becomes too weak, maybe there is a total swap in the North and the South Pole. What they have been able to do is go back through Earth history and measure the times when the Earth's magnetic field has reversed. And now there is a geologic timescale for the Earth's magnetic reversals. And most good geologic timescales will actually show the magnetic reversals on them. So when a geologist finds an igneous rock in the field, they normally are able to date that rock using radiometric dating and then double check the date against the magnetic reversal suite. So if the rock is of a certain age, where they know that the North and the South Poles were in reverse, then they should be able to find that evidence when they date the rock and measure its magnetic properties. They should be able to see that the needles in the rock are all pointing towards the South and not the North. Where this is super apparent and is the second important part of this process in understanding plate tectonics is if we start at the mid-ocean ridges where the magnetic needles are all pointing north because the rocks are very, very young, and we sail away from the ridge, you will find that all of a sudden the rocks will swap. 
their magnetic properties because the Earth's magnetic field had swapped. And then they will swap back again. And then you keep moving away and they'll swap in the opposite direction. So you get this pattern of magnetic reversals as you move away from the center of the mid-ocean ridge as the rocks get older and older. But what they also realized in the 1950s is that the pattern is mirror imaged along the mid-ocean ridge, giving further evidence that the seafloor is spreading at the mid-ocean ridge, creating this magnetic pattern in the rocks that forms as a mirror image because new oceanic crust is being created at the mid-ocean ridge. So when it comes to plate tectonics, apparent polar wandering curves and the magnetic striping in the ocean floor mirror imaged on the mid-ocean ridge is two fantastic pieces of evidence that this magnetic polar reversal process of the Earth has given us for plate tectonics. So let's talk just quickly about the polar reversals. We know if we go back through the Earth history and we look at the rock record, there's been around about 183, 184 reversals. And the last time it reversed was about 780,000 years ago. When we look at those reversals, they don't seem to line up with any type of extinction event. And therefore, we think that the reversals must take fairly short amount of time to take place. Or instead of it being just a crazy flip, it may sort of wax and wane over a period of time where the North and the South Pole sort of swap just for a short period of time and then move back. Remembering that it's the Earth's magnetic field that does a lot of blocking of the radiation that's coming from the sun. And so if the field just completely turned off for a long period of time, then the solar damage to life um, cells on the planet would be terrible. But we'd have no evidence for that. But one thing we do know is that our current magnetic field is weakening and we're in a slow decline and there's no real estimate of when it will switch. But we do know we're sort of long overdue for a magnetic reversal. If you go back and look at the historic record, they uh, take place a lot more frequently than this current period of stability that we're in. So that's it for this episode. Fairly technical this time round, but I hope it gives you some good information about how we have used this Earth's polar reversals and the changing in the field as evidence for plate tectonics and how our planet works. But as usual, if you're looking for more information about our planet, about our geology, whether you're a school teacher and you're looking for activities or a student just wanting to find out more about geoscience, then come visit our website, geoetc.com. So G-E-O-E-T-C.com. And I also want to invite you to come along on one of our field adventures where we take a small, enthusiastic group of people out into the field to some fascinating part of our planet to learn about geoscience firsthand. Next year, we're visiting Hawaii, Iceland, Italy, and Australia. But go check our site, geoetc.com, look at the Field Adventures page and find out more information. You'd be very welcome to join us. But for now, keep on rocking.